Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I'm Ron Luce, joined by just myself. <laughs> We're here, unfortunately, to talk about a just heartbreaking Cubs loss, if we're being entirely honest right now. Cubs lose to the St. Louis Cardinals in extra innings by a final score of 3-2. to two. And you know what? What just makes it awful about the whole thing is that the Cubs could have won this game. Let's be completely honest. The Cubs could have won this game. They should have won this game. They had every opportunity to win this game, and they didn't win this game. And I think that's what makes it so upsetting is because – after riding the high of last night, right? Beautiful walk-off win. You come back from five runs down to take the lead. You get a huge W. Only to do this. Only to do this tonight. And it was just, it was so depressing because games from guys like Kyle Hendricks. Great game. Six and a third. Sure. Say what you want to say. Oh, you didn't have it late in the game. Let's be honest with ourselves. If the Cubs had nine, ten. Maybe nine and ten. That's just getting ridiculous. But three and four runs in this game. If they had three and four runs in this game, we are talking about a completely different ball game because Kyle Hendricks is in there. He gives up one run. You're like, oh, it's okay. Not a big deal, right? Not a big deal. And then, of course, and a great game spoiled by Ortega. I think that was what I'm honestly a little heartbroken for Rafael Ortega. He had a great game in the leadoff spot tonight. Looked really, really good, really solid. Again, just continuing to put good at-bats together for this Cubs team. And yet, I don't know. It, it is really disappointing when shit like this happens, if we're being entirely honest. But first, I'm going to turn to the comments here a little bit because I appreciate everybody joining me. Again, I'm by myself. I'm literally talking to myself into a microphone for probably the next 25 to 30 minutes at least. Um, so everybody that is joining, I can see the numbers. Thank you for joining. I, I truly do appreciate it. Um, we're we're going to jump to some comments here. Um, our call, the 1908. What the hell was Rossi and Rizzo? The hell was Rossi and Rizzo's head tonight? Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of people's heads were in kind of terrible places, if we're being entirely honest here, because like it's just one of those things where – you know, Rizzo wasn't running the bases great in that, you know, in, in in the extra inning. It's just, again, it's one of those games where you look back on it and you go, holy shit, this Cubs team should have won. They really should have. They should have won this game because they had every opportunity to do so. And, and, and Dope Redbeard coming through again with the comments. 0 for 12 didn't help. Yes, 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Um, and R. Caldy also said that here tonight. When you go 0 for 12 at runners in scoring position, I don't care how good of a team or bad of a team you are, you're not going to win the ball game. <laughs> like, you need to capitalize on men in scoring position. And unfortunately, tonight that didn't happen. The Cubs lose because of it. And it's just heartbreaking. Again, because of last night's win. Like, last night's win, we're all up. We're all uppity. We're excited. You know, it's it's a 7-6 to six win. You come back in the ninth inning. Everything's all good and dandy. And then this happens. And this is exactly what happens. And it's just like, again, I feel like every Cubs fan has said this at least once. Let's be honest with ourselves. We all have. At least once. At least once. Just once. That just get us to the deadline at this point because it's like this Cubs team doesn't even know what it wants to be. And I think that's the worst part about it, right? Because like 
They'll show flashes. This team can be good. This team does good things. And then all of a sudden they shit the bed. And then you go, what is going on? Like what, what, what is going on with this team? Because tonight's a perfect example. Let's, let's talk through the stat line and forgive me for my eyes looking like they're wandering because I'm reading a stat sheet here. Two hits out of Ortega tonight and an RBI for him. Wilson Contreras has a hit. Baez got a hit. Hayward was two for four. When was the last time we said that? Hayward was two for fucking four. Miko one three two run score. Like good things were happening. Dogard coming in huge in the pinch heading situation, which I thought was hilarious. And this is not a bash at Cubs fans by any means, but just like the amount of like awful tweets I saw when they were like Sogard. So guards up to bat right now. And then he does what he does. It just, I got a little giggle out of it. Not like a shot at anybody by any means, but it was just one of those funny things of like, because I agreed, I was in the same position, right? I was sitting there and I'm like, why the hell is so guard up to bat right now? And then he does what he does and he gets the, <laughs> the RBI double and that ties the game and sends it ultimately into extras, even though, even though with bases loaded, they should have fucking done something. But hysterical nonetheless um but just again just a crazy game and again i feel terrible for kyle Hendricks if we're being entirely honest here because if you would have told me at you know the beginning of the day hey kyle Hendricks is gonna go six and a third he'll give up eight hits two runs not walk a single human being and strike out three i'd be like yeah the cubs should win that game they really should the cubs should win that game and they didn't. And at one point, it didn't even look like they were even going to be able to win it in in a normal game, let alone force it to extra innings because they had to come from behind. Like, I don't know what – again, Wainwright is not some genius. I, I, I know everybody's, oh, Wainwright's been really good against the Cubs. He has. And it makes no freaking sense whatsoever because the dude is like 40 years old. And I get it. If if you're a good pitcher, you can figure it out. But still, like the last pitcher I remember that pitched into their 40s is Jamie Moyer. So like Wainwright doing what he's doing. I know he's only in his late 30s, but still, I mean, seven innings from him, six hits, one run ball. Again, he didn't walk anybody either. There was a grand total of four walks in this entire game. And he struck out five. And it's just like, this was the pitcher's duel. This is the pitcher's duel that Cody and I talked about on last night's Cubs on tap. We knew it was going to happen because it's either a blow, it's either a score fest where, you know, it's nine to eight or it's a pitcher's duel where it's two to one, three to two, something like that. And that's exactly what tonight was. But it's just one of those situations where after the game and the way it went, you're just absolutely heartbroken based on how things went. And first off, thank you for everybody that has jumped in the comments. I know I'm like, oh, I'm by myself. Join me. Y'all joined, and I appreciate the hell out of every single one of you that has commented tonight. Um, my buddy Bears Fanatico. What's up, Juan? How you doing, buddy? I don't know if you're still in the stream, but um, I saw you jumping earlier. Thanks, buddy. It's uh, it's good to see you. Dope Redbeard, uh, my boy Joey Ricotta, everybody else that's in the stream tonight. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm I'm sifting through the comments here as we're speaking. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Unfortunately, we gotta we gotta address the elephant in the room. Anthony Rizzo was 0 for five with eight men left on base, and 
I feel like this this perfectly kind of addresses where the team is right now. And 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 bear with me. Why am I whispering? Am I whispering? I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm trying not to be loud. It's 11:45 in my house, and trying not to wake the people up that are sleeping. But like Anthony Rizzo going 0 for 5 with eight dudes left on base. Eight dudes. Eight people left on base. That is unacceptable. And I love Anthony Rizzo. I will I will forever love Anthony Rizzo, no matter where he is, what he does, whatever. Anthony Rizzo is that dude. I've always loved Anthony Rizzo. He was like the first jersey I bought of like the new era Cubs. And it's just like you you need a guy like Anthony Rizzo to come in at least clutch at least once in one of these situations. Oh, for five? Like if you give me one for five, I would be pretty happy about that. You know what I mean? Like one for five is a beautiful thing, but unfortunately, oh for five just doesn't get it done. And like, and again, especially with how this situation is with this Cubs team right now, right? It's not like this is the 18 Cubs where it's like darn really went oh five. I be back tomorrow. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be dandy. No, we can't say that anymore. Because every single one of these guys is fighting for a job. Like, Chris Bryant's probably going to be dealt in the next, what, eight days? Javier Baez, there's no guarantee he gets a contract extension. And honestly, at this point, Anthony Rizzo isn't guaranteed anything either. You have three major pieces of this organization that are due for contracts, one of which is more or less for sure being traded, and two of which that could easily be traded if, if a team gave the right offer. And yet, you Bill Cumberland does this over eight times. If he if he goes one for five, hell, when the bases are loaded there in the ninth, he goes one for five. The Cubs win this game. Let's just call it spade to spade. The Cubs probably win this game, and unfortunately tonight they didn't. And you know what, Arcaldi, nineteen oh eight. I love your comment here. The offense tonight summed up the last four years. Unfortunately, that's kind of true. It, it, the, the the offense has been inconsistent for four years, and that's exactly where we are right now. And as a fan, it's it's, it's very frustrating. It really is. It's it's super frustrating. I don't even want to say it's humbling because it's really not. It's like with the amount of just talent on this roster, how do you sit here and just say, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, this is the offense? No, hell no. Actually, you know what? Pardon my French, but fuck no. Like, you want these guys to be able to come through in the clutch. And we've seen Anthony Rizzo come through in the clutch. We've seen Chris Bryant come through in the clutch. Obviously, he didn't play tonight, so I'm not bashing Chris. I love Chris. And I love all these guys, and that's the problem, right? It's, But it's just one of those situations where, like, come on, guys. You know, we, we want more audio. We need more out of you. And the inconsistency is, unfortunately, what has killed this team. Because the 11-game win streak was a lot of that was inconsistent offense. Obviously, there was more that went into it. The pitching was garbage. A lot of things happened in that 11-game win streak, and I'm so thankful that that's over. But it's just one of those things where you sit back and you think about it, and you say, you know, where where would this team be if that 11-game losing streak doesn't happen? I could tell you exactly where it is. They're probably talking about buying at the deadline. Even if you go 500 in that streak, because you're probably, even with how hot the Brewers got, you're probably only a couple games back of the Brewers. 
all of a sudden you're like, yeah, we'll still buy. Maybe we won't go crazy. We're not going to like sell everybody. Maybe you still trade Kimbrel. But then you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe we buy another piece and then we go for it. No. Now we sit here. Now we think about it. Now we just, you know, now we just see where this team is at. And it's just like, it, it hurts. It sucks. It's heartbreaking because, again, like, I feel like here at Cubs on Tap, we're, we're just broken records at this point in the season until the trade deadline, unfortunately, or until something major happens that we can talk about. But, like, none of us wanted the core to end this way. Like, you you think about that team that won the World Series that was a part of, the again, the golden era of Cubs baseball. I know people might be like, oh, well, you know, this isn't the golden era. And, and I would sit back and I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. How do you say that's not the golden era? If you look at the rest of this Cubs history as a franchise, this team has never made the playoffs as often as they did in the six-year span as they have in this last, you know, 2015 to 2021 window. But that being said, can we really sit here and be like, this is how it ends? With a, a sell-off at the deadline and an uncertainty heading into August in 2021? And sure, you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of things to be excited about about this team for the future. Brennan Davis, two runs, absolutely raking play. And they, 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 the collective of that, say that double A is a big test for most minor league bats or pitchers. Like double A is usually that level where like you start to encounter MLB level talent. Triple A is kind of those guys that are sitting on the cusp and then obviously the major leagues. He is raking double A. Great to see there's something to look forward to in the future. But none of us want to sit here and just say, like, this is how this ends. Right? None of us do. I mean, let's be honest. Like, it, it, you would at least want a playoff run, right? Like, the, at least at minimum, that would be how you want to see this team end. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. It, it's going to happen in the sell-off. This team probably doesn't make the playoffs. And it's just tonight is one of those games. And and I want to tie it back into just what everybody's been saying in the comments. And again, thank you so much. I if you're listening in as a podcast, if you're if you did join the live stream tonight, thank you so much for doing so. We got up to like 22 people in this thing at one point, and I'm mind blown that we did because it's super late. A lot of people got to work in the morning, but thank you so much because a lot of really good points of just like stupid things is what ended up meaning the Cubs lost this game, right? Terrible base running, you know, terrible maybe decision-making. A lot of things that just like you correct the little things and all of a sudden this is a win or it should have been a win, right? And that's and that's what's heartbreaking about tonight's loss because, again, tying it all the way back into what I said at the start of the episode, you ride high into tonight's game with a big, Big, big come from behind win last night. Cody and I were vibing on last night's episode. We were like, we were ready to be yelling and screaming and negative and shit. And then like they win. And we're like, okay, this is, this is not, this is, this is actually nice. And then they, they follow up tonight with this. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. And I like, I don't even, I don't even know what else to say about it. And this is where I'm going to turn to the comments. And this is where I thank everybody that has commented because uh, I've seen some, some comments come through here um, that I would like to say. Um, 
Pajama. What's up, man? How are you? Uh, yes, and get beat by the Marlins and Mets again. You know what? That Marlins loss from last year still stings. It really does. Because it's just like this son of a bitch franchise that like doesn't even care about winning. They never really have. They've just gotten lucky a couple times and won the World Series or like done something in the playoffs. It just pisses me off so much. But we have a, a serious question. Literally starts serious question. Thank you. Our call the 1908. Who on this team are you? Honestly, paying a hundred or two hundred million. So this is a bit of a loaded question because, uh, again, a hundred to two hundred million is a lot of money. I would honestly pay Rizzo a hundred million. And and before everybody jumps down my throat, obviously tonight was a bad loss, but everybody has a bad game. Overall, I think I think Rizzo's at absolutely at least worth a hundred million. Do I think he's worth two hundred million? No. Um, and, and I'm going to take the approach of. We're paying him for what we're going to get while still trying to find that middle ground of saying, hey, thanks for what you've done. To me, like 100 to 135 million is probably fair for Rizzo. And it depends depends on the, the contract length. I think five years is perfect. You could give him an option for a sixth. Again, th- there's wiggle room. You can get around it. And even with like bias. So the $200 million man. I know that was a, a hot topic when he had the bad game the other night. I I can't even justify giving Javi Baez $200 million right now because here's the problem. It's not even the thing of like, is Javi Baez worth or not worth $200 million? Maybe if he's the headline shortstop in a free agent class, yeah, maybe he is worth $200 million. But you got Carlos Correa, Trevor Story. There's a couple other names out there. Corey Seager. You have a lot of really good shortstops in this free agent class that unfortunately are probably going to command more money than Javi because they're higher contact bats and put up pretty similar power numbers to a guy like Javier Baez. Sure, maybe none of them have a gold glove like Javi does, but at the same time, they're all at least competent defensive shortstops to where you say, okay, well, we get the higher contact, maybe we get a little less defense. Yeah, we're okay with that. And so that's the thing that people need to consider is like, especially, and even Javi needs to consider. If you are asking for $200 million, that means you are setting the market, assuming guys like Correa and maybe Seager get like 300 and Story maybe gets like 220. That's a lot of money. Just at the shortstop position alone, like that doesn't even include all the other free agents that can be paid in this free agent, you know, off season. And, and that's a thing that, like, it's great to want $200 million. And, again, I'm never – I am never going to bash a baseball player or an athlete in general for trying to take 100% advantage of them and their talents. Because, hey, you go for it, man. If, if a team's willing to pay you that kind of money, fuck yeah, you take it. That's generational wealth. Like, from a human standpoint, like, you take that money. You go for it. But if we're talking business mindset here, which I was an accounting major, so I love talking numbers and business, you, you got to look at it from that standpoint. And for me, Javier Baez is the fourth best shortstop that's on this market this year. And I love Javi. I will love Javi till, till the day I die. I And again, it, it's one of those things where you can separate loving a player, but trying to be realistic all at the same time. And like... And this is a fair question, Arcaldi. 
I'm going to jump back in and, and we'll talk about this. You don't understand the story hype hitting 240 and 11 home runs. I think he's having a rough year, admittedly. I think he's a very good player. He's a he's a higher contact guy than a guy like Javi. And sure, their averages right now are very similar. Um, but I think he's still going to get paid. I think he'll be closer money-wise, though, to a guy like Javier Baez than Corey Seager or Carlos Correa. Like Carlos Correa and Corey Seager to me are like the two top guys in this market for shortstops. Because, you know, Seager's a left-handed bat. He's got plenty of experience playing in a huge market. Like, he's done a lot. That's a guy that's going to command a lot of money. Correa's probably the top target just from the standpoint of all the tools. I kind of tuned into some of the White Sox-Astros games when they were on and I was waiting for the Cubs to start in Arizona. And, like, Correa was throwing bullets from shortstop. And, like, looked good. Again, looked really good defensively at shortstop. Obviously, offensively, that series, he didn't do much. But it's one of those things of, like, he's probably going to command the most money in the market. And, again, any year that you're a free agent and you got to compete with other free agents, it's tough. you got to find a situation that works for you. I honestly could see Javi coming back for $140 million over six years with the Cubs. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all because, you know, the, the market's not going to be great. I don't think a ton of teams truly need shortstops. You know, sure, maybe the the Rockies need shortstops, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty loaded in terms of organizational depth at shortstop. I think they've drafted quite a few shortstops over the last few years. I don't know what the hell the Astros are going to do, but I'm sure they're going to figure something out. And then the Dodgers are just – loaded in talent because that's all they do that's all they know how to do is load in talent when andrew friedman went to the dodgers it was like giving the guy that was really good at playing monopoly with like no money tons of money and then saying like hey go play monopoly yeah of course you're going to dominate the board and that's what he's done out in la he's just drafted unbelievable talent and then he's like ah, eh, we really like this talent we're gonna pay this guy a lot of money mookie Betts is a perfect example of that like they're, they're fine. They're going to be fine even without Corey Seager. So, realistically, like Javier Baez might not have a huge market. And it's not a shot at him. It's just a shot of, of the circumstance of a lot of these teams in this offseason. So, you know, who, who knows what kind of money he gets? Who knows what any kind of money these shortstops get? It, it's going to be an interesting market here. It really is especially coming off of a, you know, half pandemic season, I guess, for lack of a better term in 2021, where there's a lot of stadiums that didn't have full capacity until well into May, some into maybe even June. Like, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So there's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of, again, this team, and, and I always feel bad because I feel like every one of our Cubs on Tap episodes starts talking about the game but then immediately goes to the trade deadline talk. And not to say, like, that's not relevant. But when you're sitting here as a Cubs fan and you're just like, I just want to talk about a win. Because at least if we're talking about a win, we're not talking about the trade deadline. Or if we do touch on it, we're like, hey, it's going to happen. We're not worried about it right now. We're going to enjoy this win. But it's when they lose, right? That's when it kills. Because then all of a sudden the negativity kicks in and then we're like, ah, son of a bitch. All right. Well, it, let's talk about the inevitable because it's going to happen. You know, Craig Kimbrell, good is gone. Chris Bryant, good is gone. Rizzo and Baez could be good is gone. There's no guarantee. I think they both stick around, but that's just based on reports that I've heard. 
read. I shouldn't even say heard. I make it sound like I'm some insider or something, but just read. I've read. I can read. I like Twitter. I'm on it probably four hours a day, if we're being honest. But it's just like, it's just disappointing. Because again, none of us wanted to see the Cubs run end like this. Stupid losses, bad base running, little things that a couple of years ago they could have gotten away with because they had the talent to do it to the point now where like they aren't as talented. So now it's really glaring and that's what hurts. And that's what makes this just an absolute freaking gong show. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Again, you know, you lose three to two in extras of the Cardinals tonight. You had this game in hand. You got good games out of guys like Rafael Ortega and Jason Hayward and, and Nico Horner guys that like, Usually if they're stepping up and contributing, like you're in good hands. Hendricks had a great game. Unfortunately for Chafin, you know, a, a little bit of a bad night, but Tapero was great. Thompson was decent. You know, can't even blame the the game on Kimbrell. But it stands where it stands, and we are where we are. And and I, I, I promised I would keep this to 25 to 30 minutes, especially being by myself. We just passed the 25-minute mark, so – it's one of those things where like you would have liked to win tonight. This was a winnable game. If we're boil it down to a simple, simple explanation, this was a very winnable game for the Cubs and they didn't take advantage of it. And it's unfortunate and you hope for a split tomorrow because if you lose three to four to the Cardinals, especially with the trade deadline looming, like that just, that just amps up the headlines. It amps up the negativity. It amps up this market just ready for the sell-off. And I think we're all mentally ready for the sell-off. We've been teased with it since the, the losing streak. But it's just like, it's almost to the point where it's just like, rip the freaking Band-Aid off. Let's keep it moving. Let's Let's readjust our mindset for the rest of 2021 and then get ready for 2022. Because, again... This team could say they want to retool and truly rebuild and just use it as an excuse, take a playbook out, you know, a piece of the playbook out of the Blackhawks playbook. But I really don't think the Cubs can afford to do that because they know that, hey, these fans are now spoiled. They've they've gotten to experience winning on a consistent basis. And if the winning goes away, I think it's to a point now where, hey, fans got their World Series. They're going to they're going to leave. You know, not totally leave. Like, they'll still root for the Cubs and watch the team. But, like, there will be a lot more empty seats at Wrigley Field than there ever has historically been. And I think the front office knows that. I think the band base knows that. I think a lot of people know that. So they can't just sit on their hands and not spend money this offseason. And so that's what gives a little faith going into 2022. Of like, hey, this team should at least be somewhat competitive. Sure, maybe they don't win the World Series in 2022, but at least they should be good. To the point where then like 2023, 2024, 2025 is probably that next contention window for this team. But holy shit, like something needs to happen. Because like if we just sit in the the sense of mediocrity for five years, I'm 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 just gonna be upset all the time. And and let's be honest, nobody wants that. So three to two loss to the Cardinals tonight. Uh, I'm gonna put it behind me. I, I hope the Cubs put it behind them and they get the split tomorrow because you go into the weekend at home against the Diamondbacks, who are absolutely dog shit. And it's just like, get a win. You know what I mean? Win that series. 
Again, the sell-off's inevitable, but at least just win ball games and try to win ball games because at least that makes it more bearable on the fans and even on themselves. I was just like where this the rest of the season is going to go. So uh, I'm going to quench my palate really quick, and and then we're going to talk about tomorrow's game, Thursday's game. You know, the series finale, we'll talk about it really quick, and we'll keep this thing going. All right, here we go. Ooh, that's better. Got to gotta wet the whistle and keep it going. So tomorrow being, well, I guess technically today, if you are watching the live stream, it is technically today. We are three minutes into Thursday. But the Cubs will play their last game of this series against the St. Louis Cardinals in Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri on Thursday, July 22nd at 6.15 Central Daylight Time. So it's an hour earlier, which is kind of nice, especially for those that have to get up and go to work on Friday. Usual suspects, if you're in the Chicago market, 670 The Score and Marquee Sports Network, if you're listening and watching respectively. And then if you're in the Cardinals market, KMOX 1120 AM, 98.7 FM. WIJR AM 880 and Bally Sports Midwest if you are watching. And then this game will actually be out on MLB Network if you are out of market for either one of these teams. For the Cubs, they are trotting out right-handed pitcher Adbert Elzele. He is 4-9 in the season. I don't think that's truly indicative of how he's pitched. The long balls killed him all year, but he's making good strides for a guy that hasn't even pitched 30 career games yet to this point, or at least I don't think he has yet. Uh, but 4.59 ERA for him and 83 Ks, and then on the other side is Kwang Hyun Kim. Uh, he's five and five on the season. He's actually been really hot lately. He's like on a 2.87 ERA and 60 Ks. Not a huge strikeout guy, but he is effective and gets outs. Um, you know, again, it's just Joe Maris. Uh, for those that are familiar with the show, uh, one of my co-hosts and panelists here at Cubs on Tap. Wrote a really good article today. He just, it's just, hey, just beat the Cardinals. Like it's, it's one of those things where, like, even in a lost season as a Cubs fan in transition year, whatever you want to call this season, it's just nice to see the Cubs beat up on the Cardinals because it's the biggest rivalry for them. Don't listen to the Sox fans saying it's a bigger rivalry. Don't listen to the Brewers fans even. I hate the Brewers just as much as I do the Cardinals, but the St. Louis Chicago rivalry is forever one of the best in sports. So if you can beat them. If you can beat them, it's beautiful, it's lovely, and I love it. Um, and actually, our call the 1908. I see your comment here, brother. Thank you for keeping in on this. Um, Duffy, Duffy being eligible to be back tomorrow is a big thing because that could dictate the lineup looking a little different. Uh, tomorrow going to be Wisdom at one. At first, yep, possibly could happen. Absolutely could happen. Uh, Chirino's catching. I think so. I think he just Willie needs a break. Um, and then Duffy at third, shaking my head. Uh, you know what? That might not be the worst thing in the world. Chirinos actually hasn't hit that bad since he's been a Cub. Um, Wisdom playing first I don't think is awful, especially if Rizzo just needs the blow. And, I mean, Duffy was hitting 278 before he got hurt. I think a lot of people forget how good his contact bat was. And everybody's like, oh, well, his power sucks. Well, he doesn't need a hit for power. He just needs to get on base and let people drive him in. So, um, who knows? Maybe something will happen good tomorrow. But, again, I'm going to keep it really short and sweet. And then it's just going to be just win. Just get a split. Like, save the Cubs fans the agony. I know a couple Cardinals fans. I don't need to hear from them tomorrow about, oh, we beat you guys in the series. <laughs> no, just get the split. That way, if they talk shit, I can be like, dude, it, it's 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 500. You know what I mean? Like, just keep it moving. Keep it, you know, keep it, keep it going. And 
and do what you can. But again, a win tomorrow would just be nice. And again, that's kind of where I'm at. Take it day by day, get a W tomorrow, roll into the weekend against the Diamondbacks. And then, you know, we'll recollect ourselves after that Diamondback series. And our call, the I, I see you here, man. You know, it's dark times and Dom Frederick says, tr- is saying trade everyone, dark times, LOL. I don't know if he's saying trade everyone. And I, I've seen his tweets. I'm, I'm, I'm right up to par with you there. It, it's one of those things where you have to emotionally detach yourself from the player sometimes and say, okay, where does this team need to get to to be con- be con- be contending again? Because I think if we look back and said, oh, we're going to sell off Aramis and Derek Lee and all these guys that Cubs fans truly liked, but we're like, hey, we're going to be back in contention in three years. You say, okay, sell them off. We'll deal with the pain, get back there as quickly as possible. So I, I think that's where Dom is really heading with that idea. And yeah, it sucks. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it doesn't make it fun by any means, but it, it would be splendid to know like, hey, if we can get back to that contention window sooner than later, I think everybody will be happier at the end of the day. And it, it's that it's that idea of having a sense of direction. And I think we'll really truly have that after the deadline and then especially after this winter, once this team kind of says, hey, this is our direction, this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do in the winter, if we're going to spend a lot of money, spend a little money or spend no money, and then at least fans can kind of reset themselves and say, okay, this is our expectation, this is where we're going, we'll, we'll, we'll get there and we'll, we'll, we'll see what we're doing. So um, for tomorrow's game, like I said, just get a W, just get a split at this point. Mentally, I think that's what all Cubs fans want and need. Because, again, this was a winnable game. Realistically, if we're sitting here speaking, we should be talking about going for a series victory tomorrow. But instead, we're talking about going for a split. It is what it is. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, I mean, unfortunately, nobody's really great against Kim in this lineup. Uh, I don't think Chris plays tomorrow because he's two for four against him. Baez is three for five against him, but nothing meaningful. I'm going to just go head out on a, on a limb, honestly, at this point. I fully expect Rafael Ortega to be back in the lineup tomorrow. So I'm just going to ride with somebody wild and unique. Give me Rafael Ortega tomorrow. Bat him lead off again. Let's see what happens. He had a good game in the leadoff spot tonight. I think that warrants him getting another spot in the leadoff spot tomorrow. And yeah, the, the lineup probably looks a little different tomorrow. You know, travel day, fourth game of a series. You got, you know, three at home with the Diamondbacks over the weekend. Um, I, I think a guy like Ortega could use that as an opportunity to essentially keep himself on the roster at this point and, and keep getting that MLB paycheck. And hopefully things are better after tomorrow's game. I know for sure I won't be on tomorrow's show. Um, oop, before we get out of here, I see your comment, sir. Art called me. 1908 speed contact defense on base and batting average. That's what we need to spend on cheers. Absolutely agree with you, sir. It's that diversifying the lineup. You you have a plethora of guys that are good at different things. You know, you want that balance throughout the lineup. And I think that's what we've saw we've seen really since that 2017 to now is like there's too many of the same guys in the lineup. And that's where I think the whole retool idea comes into play is like, hey, look, we're not gonna suck. We just need to flip some guys around and try and revamp this lineup to look a little different. And that's why I think guys like Nico Horner are so important. I think that's why guys like ultimately Anthony Rizzo is still very important to this team. Even Willie Contreras, you know, and then you can bring in a couple of those higher contact type guys into this lineup. I think that could do this lineup a lot of good and this team a lot of good really going forward. So 
I'm 100% there with you. And cheers to you. Thanks for sticking on all the way until shit, almost 12, 15 in the morning here in Chicago. Um, you know, it's been a late one, unfortunately, that shit, that ninth inning and 10th inning alone were an hour by themselves when the rest of the game wasn't really that long. But um, no, like I said, I, I, I really do appreciate everybody jumping in the comments tonight. I, enjoy, I appreciate everybody jump, jumping in the stream. If you're listening to this as a podcast, I appreciate you as well. Again, the solo ventures are a little different. It's just me trying to pretend to be a sports talk show host and just venting. And that's why the comments are great because then it can steer my thought process and, and things like that. But um, like I said, Ortega, he's my fly the W player for tomorrow. Go a little off the board. I think he does get another start tomorrow. He was really good tonight. So I don't see why he doesn't get another start tomorrow. So um, but before I get out of here, I do want to remind everybody Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast, of the on tap sports network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great stuff over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at on tap sportsnet on social media. You can check out the Cubs on tap specific accounts, which are at cubbies that's C U B B I E S on tap. That's on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at loose on tap on Twitter. You can follow all of our other great panelists and contributors at Cody on tap, at Juice on tap, at Joe Mares, at Marty Laval, at The Riot 326, and so many more that do great work over here for us at Cubs on tap. Um, not only do we do great Cubs coverage over at on tap, Sportsnet, ladies and gentlemen, we do Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, uh, Blackhawks tonight, Seattle expansion, well, yesterday, I guess, technically, Seattle expansion draft. John Quenville is good as gone. He's an AHLer, not a big deal. Hawks didn't really lose anybody, but the NHL entry draft is this weekend, and it's going to be a very big weekend. Um, so be sure to Tune in for all of that great coverage. And yes, Cubs fans, I, I say it every show, but it's true. We all have at least one friend that is a White Sox fan. Our Sox on Tap guys do a great job. So you go ahead and bring them over to us here at ONTAP Sportsnet as well. Once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media, the ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. If you were in the live stream tonight, thank you so, so, so very much. If you were in uh, listening to this as a podcast, thank you as well. Uh, the Cubs unfortunately lose an extras three to two to the Cardinals. Yadier Molina, the worst, absolute worst person that could have won this thing tonight, um, walks it off for the Cardinals. Heartbreaking loss. The Cubs should have won this game, but they have a chance to split tomorrow. So hopefully they will get said split. Uh, thank you again to everybody that joined in the comments. Our call the 1908. I see your comment there. He says, thanks, bud. Great job. Thank you, sir, and good night to you as well. And good night to everybody listening. Hope you have a great day on Thursday, and we're all going to wish a Cubs win into existence with Alzale on the mound because I am going to get out of here the only way we know how to here at Cubs on Tap. Fuck the Cardinals, and let's go Cubs.